Are the individual contributors in your organization leaders? Are their hard skills the only type of useful skills they possess at that level? When it comes to those sitting on the lower levels of the corporate ladder, there are many controversial views of the value of developing soft skills for the worker bees. In today's episode, we're digging into our data to see what value leaders assign to these hard and soft skills. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Corrin, and joining me today is my father and psycho... <laughs> psycho... And psycho. <laughs> renowned psychometrician, Joe Fogwin. I'm going to apologize in advance because we are going to say the terms hard skills and soft skills a lot over the next few minutes. So uh, why don't we start by having you define these two terms for our listeners? Well, for this research, we defined hard skills as technical expertise, problem-solving ability, drive for results, taking initiative. In other words, knowledge, the ability to solve problems, and the ability to get things done. Mm -hmm. Now, those are kind of basic skills for an individual contributor. You, you want them to know how to do their job, how to solve a problem, and you know how to deliver the things that you ask for. But the soft skills were different. Ability to communicate, building relationships, coaching and supporting others development of colleagues, and collaboration and teamwork. Now, most observers assume that while most effective managers need both skills, both hard and soft skills, the effectiveness of individual contributors relies primarily on... Hard skills. Come on, they're the worker bees, not the queen. Yes. Well, you see, this brings up a big question, Bree. Are individual contributors leaders? Um, are you asking if people consider individual contributors leaders? Because I, I think the answer to that was going to be a hard no. I mean, maybe maybe future leaders, but the skills that are more valued at that level are practical hard skills like you talked about earlier. Well, we, we tested that assumption and we collected multi-rater evaluations from over 9,000 individual contributors. In addition, we looked at the performance of each participant as rated by their manager on productivity and effort. And then we divided participants into three groups. Mm, okay, I see. You put you put the hardies against the softies. So <laughs> I'm looking at these graphs and the groups. And you have the people who are the best, the top quartile at soft skills, but they were below average or they were bad at hard skills. And then the next group is your, your hardies. They were really good. The, t the top at hard skills, bad at soft skills. And then you had the top quartile in both hard and soft skills. Those were the three groups. And the results were, drum roll, if I had that, <laughs> that that bosses want individual contributors to have both hard and soft skills. 
But if they have to pick one to be fantastic at, they're going to choose hard skills. Did I get it right? Yeah, that's, that's true. The hard skills were highly valued for individual contributors, uh, more valued than the soft skills. But there was a very substantial difference in that last group. And they were in the top 25% on both skills. In other words, the top quartile on both skills. And this group, uh, when you looked at their leadership effective, their overall effectiveness, they were in the top 10%. Oh, or should we say the 90th percentile in their overall leadership effectiveness? Essentially, they were about... Uh, a little less than 30 percentile points higher than the people who had extraordinary hard skills. I mean, that's a big jump for having both sets of skills. Yeah. Huge jump. And so even though these hard skills are valued by the manager, when people did both skills, well, that they got a significant boost from that. Now, you mentioned before that you measured the productivity and effort of these individual contributors in these three different groups as well. So what were the results of that? Well, once again, the chances of an individual contributor being in the top quartile on only soft skills, being given the highest performance rank by both productivity and effort was only (laughs) 1.3%. In other words, there's a 1.3% if you're in the soft skill area that you'd be a a high, you'd get high ratings, top 10%. And comparatively, there's a 7.1% chance if you were in the top quartile on hard skills. They were, were assessed by their manager and given the highest performance ranking on productivity and effort. Now, if your individual contributors were highly skilled in both skills, you know, hard and soft, there's a 91.6% chance these individuals were given the top performance ranking. In productivity and effort. Right. Okay. This analysis verifies that while individual contributors with hard skills are more valued than those with soft skills, but the combination of both hard and soft skills plays a critical role in improving performance rankings and overall effectiveness of individual contributors. Yeah. Those, those numbers are shockingly low, like one, 1% and 7% versus the 90. So in a, in a perfect world, we would all be very well-rounded, but the world is unfair. And it's safe to say that having this amazing combination of both sets of these skills is it's a little unrealistic mainly because as an individual contributor, you're so busy doing all these things, meeting these deadlines, getting things done. You don't have time or even opportunities to do those behaviors you mentioned, like developing others. True. Once you learn how to do a skill well, you inevitably get asked to teach a coworker. Mm -hmm. And you may not be brilliant the first time, but over time, you learn what it takes to develop others and teach them a new skill. What is really at heart in this hard skill, soft skill debate is the question, when is the right time for people to get soft skills training? Many organizations provide individual contributors with technical or hard skills training 
uh, but they put off doing the leadership or soft skills training until individuals are promoted into management. Yeah. Unfortunately, the reality is much worse. Our data shows that training opportunities do not occur even for leaders until they're promoted into management positions. And typically it takes more than a decade after they're promoted to get the training. I remember the, the podcast that we did with Jack um, said it was the average age was 42. Well, actually, now that was the original data. Now it's 46. Right. Was the average age for training. Up for it before they get the training. So people keep putting off this soft skills training uh, for people. And people have been in the job for 10 or 15 years before they get that training. The assumption behind the decision to hold off leadership or soft skills training until people are in management positions are either that the managers are in a better position to utilize or take advantage of the training, or it's not needed until then. You know, if anything, this study and and those two graphs we talked about, uh, they demonstrate that the most effective and successful individual contributors are those with both hards and soft skills, period. End of story. Well, and let's circle back to the question I ask you, are individual contributors leaders? <laughs> oh, words in my mouth. I think I said, I said people don't consider them leaders. Well, I believe that what you said was that's a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, true. <laughs> you know, that they do not have subordinates may be true. However, if leadership is the ability to influence others, every person in the organization has at times the desire to influence their peers or their manager. Individual contributors can be substantially more useful if they possess better interpersonal and leadership skills. The training that most impacts and has change on behavior of individual contributors and managers is multi-reader or 360 feedback. But in the case of individual contributors, we call it 180 degree feedback because they don't have uh, direct reports. Providing individual contributors with soft skill training earlier in their careers provides each person with the time and the experience and the opportunities to strengthen these soft skills earlier. Uh, when they are put into a management position, their level of effectiveness is much higher, but their effectiveness as individual contributors also increases. Yeah, because they're more well-rounded in both soft and hard skills. If you are not getting this type of development, feel free to share this episode with your boss as evidence of the value of developing your soft skills. <laughs> well, we also know that almost every employee views training and development as both recognition and a reward. Employees in organizations where development opportunities are more plentiful have higher engagement, lower turnover, higher productivity. If you're an individual contributor, remember that you can influence and lead those around you. Don't brush off those soft skills that will advance your career.
The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Korn and Joe Folkman and produced by Singer Folkman with music by Pleasant Pictures. If you're interested in learning more about Sanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly webinar series hosted by Jack Sanger and Joe Folkman, visit our website at sangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on sangerfolkman.com.